0: Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Movies. As always, I'm Johnny Mockney, and today is a very different type of episode. It's a mini-sode. It's just me. I'm not going to spend too much time here, but uh, I just wanted to talk about something a little bit. um, And that is a new phenomenon. uh, The surprise sleeper hit of the summer. A film called Sound of Freedom, um, which is really divisive. Um... Uh, to say the least, Um, pretty politically tinged in terms of how it's being talked about, uh, covered, marketed, all of these things. And I just thought this was a fascinating thing that I wanted to look further into. And frankly, after seeing the movie, which I did see, I went to the theaters with a friend of mine and uh, we saw the movie in a mostly packed crowd And um, I just wanted to talk about this in maybe a nuanced way, considering that just everyone who I have seen discuss this movie, I don't think has done it totally right. Um, So, first of all, I I basically want to say I'm going to talk about this movie in a few different ways. I want to talk about it just as a movie, on its own. I want to talk a little bit about sort of the, the culture war surrounding the movie and um, also about the business behind this movie, um, which is all really interesting. and It all kind of plays into, you know, itself. They, they all play into each other, all those aspects. So, um, but basically... Um, I know usually on the show I'm recommending a film. That's not really the case today. Um, I have seen other people, you know, come out and make a video and wholeheartedly say, go see Sound of Freedom. Um, (laughs) That's not really what you're going to get from me today. But hopefully, uh, whether you hate this movie or you love this movie, you can kind of get something out of this. Um, Maybe something informative, maybe something, uh, maybe nothing you haven't heard before. I don't know. But Basically, um, I didn't know a whole lot going into this movie, so I went to see it, and it opened up a lot of questions for me. And for those of you who are not familiar with Sound of Freedom, uh, this is a movie that just came out this summer. It, um, until Barbenheimer uh, this past weekend, uh, was really the big hit of the summer. Um, And kind of came out of nowhere. So this movie is about uh, a man named Tim Ballard, who uh, worked for Homeland Security in the United States, obviously, and um, worked particularly in catching people who were uh, purchasing children on the black market and um, eventually left Homeland Security uh, to work outside of their jurisdiction so he could actually save children. Um, And in general, in the real-life story, save just various victims of human trafficking, whether they be um you know victims of child sex trafficking or you know labor like uh, slavery things like that modern day slavery essentially um the movie itself is not about all of that the movie itself kind of skews the story to only be focused on um the children that are victims of sex trafficking um so obviously <laughs> i probably should have said this at the beginning of the episode um We're talking about some pretty heavy issues here. So uh, if you want to duck out, now's your chance. Um, I will say that the movie itself is quite tasteful, um, relatively speaking, in terms of how it portrays these things. This is not taken, right? It's not using um, human trafficking as sort of the backdrop to uh, sort of a fantasy revenge type of story with you know choreographed action scenes and stuff like that um at the same time i don't think this movie's totally safe from being entertainment um which is what it is and um so first of all i want to say The reason this movie is so politically tinged uh there's sort of this narrative going on that this is a movie that was tried to that disney tried to bury and it's finally coming out from a christian uh film film distribution company called uh angel studios and angel studios has existed for about two years now angel studios was originally um a different company Uh, And that company, VidAngel, was sort of, from my understanding, kind of like a um, streaming service that did like editing on the films based on your preferences. So it would sort of cut down films to make them more acceptable by certain standards for your children. You know, something like that. And um, basically, uh, the company ended up going bankrupt. I guess they were sued. Uh, for copyright infringement, things like that. But they ended up coming back in the form of Angel Studios. And Angel Studios is um, mostly a streaming service and they produce original content. They really struck gold um, with a... television series called The Chosen, uh, which is a TV show about Jesus, uh, which I had heard of before. I had not heard of Angel Studios, but sitting in this movie theater, I saw like four movie trailers before, and they all had the Angel Studios logo at the beginning, and I, my friend and I turned to each other, and we were kind of like, what is this company? Where did they come from? Um, But that's sort of the, the shorthand of their origin story, and um, basically... Uh, what happened is uh, they, they did really well with the Chosen, and it seems that their their general business model is through equity crowdfunding. So people, regular people, can um, invest their own money into a project, and they're guaranteed some type of profit back, assuming that the project itself is profitable, right? So um, that's what happened with the Chosen. Uh, also, to my surprise, they're the creators of Drybar Comedy, which uh, is something I've known about forever. I mean, I, I have friends with dry bar specials. Uh, it's, you know, I've, I've discovered great comedians on dry bar specials, but it was only something that really dawned on me that the, the sort of the whole model of dry bar comedy is that it is uh, clean comedy for the most part. Like it's not, you know, R rated comedy. And so that is sort of a huge part of why Angel Studios created that because they are sort of a more, uh, Conservative, not conservative maybe in the political sense, but conservative, like culturally, you know, conservative, um, Christian, you know, family-oriented company, right? So, the story with Sound of Freedom is that this movie was originally supposed to be distributed by 20th Century Fox. And uh, 20th Century Fox, as it seems, only had partial distribution rights, like in foreign territories. Uh, But then when Disney bought 20th Century Fox, it was lost in the shuffle and um eventually angel studios um bought the distribution rights to the movie um because this movie was filmed five years ago and that was something i found out during the end credits of this movie and, I, and i'll get to that but um basically they bought the rights to the uh film uh, to distribute it and they'd used uh equity crowdfunding to basically get the movie just distributed just to pay for marketing and you know distribution of movie theaters all that kind of stuff and so um through that it gained a lot of word of mouth right a lot of i mean this is a built-in audience right american christian conservative audiences so that's one aspect of this kind of what has placed this movie where it is in the modern you know culture war kind of um on top of that is the lead actor, who's Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel uh, at one time was sort of a, you know, an on-the-rise movie star. He was in, like, The fed rent Line. Obviously, his most iconic role is he played Jesus Christ in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Um, always been a good actor, in my opinion. Um, he did kind of fall out of Hollywood's good graces and and... I'm probably certain part of that is due to the fact that he's an openly kind of right-wing Christian guy. And that's not what Hollywood is. I am someone to say that Hollywood is small-c conservative. Like, Hollywood is not a left-wing place. It is a culturally liberal place because they are marketing uh, towards general audiences. Uh, They're, you know, it's California. It's just, (laughs) it's just like... You know, that tends to be the way things go, particularly today, right? That's not how it always was in Hollywood. There was the time of the McCarthy blacklist, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, any big industry run by rich people is never going to be a left wing industry. There are people who resist change and love to maintain their wealth, right? So uh, th- th- there weren't a whole lot of um, Hollywood celebrities endorsing Bernie Sanders, is what I'm saying. Maybe I can count 10, I'm not sure. But uh, that's besides the point. They are definitely uh, a socially liberal town and, you know, institution in America. So um, that's probably a huge part of why Jim Caviezel sort of, you know, saw his career decline, and also didn't make certain decisions. He was sort of a gentlemanly actor. Uh, he. Um, refused to do, you know, to take his clothes off when he did love scenes. That was something, uh, early on, um, whether you find that respectable or not, totally up to you. I don't really care personally, but seems like a nice principled guy, you know, whatever. Um, but Jim Caviezel, while talking about this film, Sound of Freedom, has very openly endorsed uh, a lot of QAnon stuff, right? Like Adrenochrome and all of these kind of out there ideas. And so that is probably one of the biggest reasons for why this film is, um, is kind of being talked about the way that it is. There's so many articles for the mainstream media saying, you know, Sound of Freedom is a QAnon movie, all that stuff. The movie itself, I'll say, is not. Uh, this movie particularly is about, um, child sex trafficking in Latin America. Uh, it's about this very specific story. Um, the movie is surprisingly apolitical, I would say, in terms of the, the scripts and, you know, what, what actually happens in the film. You could maybe make the case that there's this sort of Dirty Harry-esque you know, anti-system, anti-government take with him, um, with Tim deciding to leave, um, homeland security and kind of work outside of their jurisdiction. You, of course, can make that point, but that's not a, like, I just cited Dirty Harry, one of those popular, you know, cop movies ever made. This is not a particularly right-wing movie in that way, right? Um, and uh, this movie is not about Jeffrey Epstein. It's not about rich Hollywood elites. In fact, the the pedophiles that you see caught in this movie, the American pedophiles, are sort of classic like parodies of pedophiles, like losers in a <laughs> at their computer, with like a thin mustache and glasses, just like creepy guys that are like, if you drew a a, a pedophile, that's the type of image you would. Conjure up, right? So um it's it's not a subtle movie in that regard. Like I said before, surprisingly tasteful in certain ways. I would say as a film, it's not very good. Um in other cases, this is not a movie that would be released to theaters, in my opinion. I think that had 20th Century Fox not been bought by Disney, um, this probably would have gotten some distribution in some theaters, um, but mostly would have been a directed DVD uh Case Um, and um, and if you look at Jim Caviezel's recent track record, that pretty much is the case. I can't remember the last time I saw him in a theatrically released film. Right, he's not one of those huge, bankable actors uh, anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, it just it has that sort of made for TV angle. I'll say that the uh, the cinematography is really good, and there are a lot of good performances in the movie. Jim Caviezel solid in the film. He's like you know, he he really does a good job kind of capturing a lot with very little, um, he has this sort of sadness in his eyes. Uh, Bill Camp, great character actor, shows up in the movie, and he kind of plays the most dynamic character in the whole thing, um, which does lead to some forced comic relief, which is really bizarre, considering how heavy the, uh, you know, the, um, tone of the the film is and the content of it but there's a couple moments even though it's not full taken the movie does uh sort of slide into some like dudes rock moments every now and then which was definitely sort of off-putting um but got big laughs in the theater that i saw it in so um anyway um the script felt a little bit like it was written by a 14 year old uh there's um people talk a little too simply um, considering the stature that they're in and, and what we're dealing with, it seems like it was dumbed down a little bit uh, for younger people or you know uh, people just less informed to understand. Um, and uh, also, I will say it is one of the most bizarrely edited movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, Mira Servino is in the film; she plays the wife of Tim Ballard, and she is. I will. I'll literally i'm not exaggerating here um every scene with her does not exceed two lines of dialogue um it feels like so many scenes in this film are th- the middle of a scene or, or no that's actually not even fair to say every scene feels like the beginning and end of a scene with no middle like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of full sequences in the film one part in particular is when tim is tracking down this guy named pablo and um he needs to talk Pablo into joining his investigation and uh, basically helping do the sting operation to save some children. And um, there's uh, there's some buildup to meeting Pablo. We don't really know why Pablo is as rich as he is, but that's an important aspect of his character, right? And in the scene leading up to Pablo, we, we're not properly introduced to him. We kind of montage through Tim walking up to his house and going in and talking to him. But at, but the, the, the voiceover throughout that entire thing is his sort of impassioned monologue, which should be coming at the end of the scene. And... And the, Pablo's first line in the movie is him just saying no because he has to. He decides not to do it, but then um, ends up changing his mind. And it just it happens so fast, and it's really bizarre considering that the movie is a little too long. It's two hours and eleven minutes, um, and it's just really weird that there's so many moments like that that are so truncated, um, and constantly me not quite sure how to feel. <laughs> like I, I, kept kind of resetting and trying to settle into what the movie was doing next. um And also, as for the script, there are quite a few like, just like weird, corny Hollywood lines, like beyond what you tend to get in movies these days. Like, there's, a, there's a scene where somebody says the title of the movie. Obviously, I don't know if I have to tell you that. Uh, there's a really bizarre scene early on when Jim Caviezel arrests a pedophile because he's been pretending to be a pedophile so he could get him to trust him. And then when he's arresting him, the guy's like, I trust you. And Jim Caviezel's like, never trust a pedophile. And um, I I don't know. That seemed like it was line kind of played for applause or something. But I didn't, uh, it it didn't quite land. It kind of made me wince and kind of think like, what is he trying to say exactly with that line? Um, But I digress. Um, One thing I want to say about this movie, and I know that there's... A lot of people, they look at Angel Studios and they see this is like a Christian movie. It's not really a Christian movie. There's a couple lines that allude to religion in some way, but it's not uh, the text of the film. Um, and this is this movie is by certainly, certainly by no means is this a God's Not Dead. Um, God's Not Dead is produced by Pura Flix. Those films are not real movies. (laughs) Um, I remember when God's Not Dead came out, I was living in Mississippi at the time. It was sold out like two weeks in a row. And by the time I finally got to see that movie, I was like, this is not a movie. It it is, and if you look into the case of like Pure Flix, those are films um, that are made by preachers LARPing as filmmakers to make the films they want to make. This is a movie. It's not a great movie. I would say it's not really a good movie, but it's, it's a real movie. Um, As for what's effective about the film, there is an opening sequence that kind of works and it all is kind of about how somebody could end up being a victim of human trafficking and and part of the reason it does work is because it is so grounded and particularly it relates to how we as regular citizens do potentially interact with this industry and how we can, you know, actually take action in our lives to avoid it or fight it. That's an important point to make. Because this movie has been marketed to shit as a piece of activism, and that is something really fascinating to me, is this idea of film watching as activism. Now this exists on the left all the time, right? Now this could mean something kind of more subtle, like go see the new Little Mermaid movie so you can support, um, you know, uh, a representation in film, something like that, Right? But th- this movie particularly is, is being sort of posited as go see this film and you are therefore fighting human trafficking in the process. And the movie breaks its own text at the end to say that. Like it just says it directly to the camera. During the credits of the movie, Jim Caviezel comes on screen and he says to you, we made this movie five years ago and we hit every single roadblock along the way. All the names in these credits are people who took a stand. And that... Uh, on the surface, already is a little misleading. Um, obviously, it's a very easy narrative because you know the in the culture war, the right wing tends to really hate Disney, so it's really easy to say, "Oh, Disney tried to bury this movie, right?" Um, but that's not. It's it's sort of a it's it's definitely being a little selective with language and with facts. But um, regardless, they say then there. This is it. Sort of puts this. This feeling on the movie. This is the movie they didn't want you to see. This is what the elites didn't want you to see, right? Um, and for the record, this is not an anti-conspiracy podcast. I want to make that clear. This is not a podcast that that is like denying the existence of, um, you know, pedophilic elites in any sense in the United States or wherever. Um, who also, you know, partake in human trafficking. Jeffrey Epstein was a real guy, right? He probably did not kill himself. This is all out in the open, you know, whatever. That's not what this movie is about. Um, Although it's what the movie is kind of positing itself to be about. So anyway, during uh, Jim Caviezel's speech at the end, um, he then shows you... A QR code, and he asks you in the audience to scan the QR code after talking very passionately about how this movie is about a very important message. This is about the children. It's not about me. It's not about Tim Ballard. It's about the children. And then, you know, he gives you this QR code. And my first thought is like, oh, maybe this is to get more information or to donate to Tim Ballard's nonprofit, which is a real thing, right? Um, and so, uh, but then he goes on to explain if you scan this. Uh, QR code you'll buy more tickets for the movie and that's it and that to me is the single worst part of this movie is the very cynical way that it markets itself by taking advantage of the fact that so many people in middle America just feel so helpless to changing anything uh particularly these really big politically charged things you know and making it seem as though seeing this movie is doing your part and that's kind of like you know you see it on the left too but this is a good example of this sort of happening on the cultural right right is this idea that seeing a movie is gonna change anything um and it's a it's a genius marketing strategy it genuinely is and the movie has raked in a ton of money for this like i said it's an independent production and for all things considered it is a good looking movie it doesn't look as cheap as it is it was made for 14.5 million dollars in the box office to this day and it's still running in theaters it has made 124.4 million dollars this is a certified uh summer hit right um and uh a huge part of that is because of the Pay It Forward campaign, because if you scan that QR code, you can buy these tickets, which are sort of like pending coffees at like a, a, a coffee shop where you can like pay for a coffee and then a homeless person can come in re- and redeem it or something like that. And that's the case with this movie is that people are paying it forward, buying these redeemable tickets so other people who would otherwise not pay for a ticket to the movie can buy it, can get a free ticket and go see it and spread the word, I guess. So, um, it's genius. I got to say, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think you have to, uh, you kind of got to take a step out for a second and realize what is really happening here and what this is as a marketing strategy. Um, and, and in a way I respect it in a way I'm kind of appalled by it. Uh, this is not a podcast undermining, uh, human trafficking as a real threat, obviously. Um, and I'm not going to be the guy here to tell you how you can fight it yourself. Um, but I think part of the reason the opening of the scene of this movie is so effective is because it does kind of, it just plays into regular everyday life and knowing the signs of what human trafficking looks like in order to avoid falling into it, you know, things like that. Um... I'm not here saying that Tim Ballard is not a real hero. It is a fact that Tim Ballard, what's documented in this movie, to a certain extent, obviously it's a fictionalized movie. There's sort of a whole additional third act that, to my knowledge, never really happened. Um, but, um, as it seems, really did carry out real sting operations. Now, there is controversy around Tim Ballard. Um, he also seems to have embraced some of the um, uh, QAnon um, beliefs. Um And, uh, also, um, he, I I guess there's been some controversy over how he's conducted his sting operations. That's up to you to look into. That's not me. That's not, I'm not here to, I'm not here to either bolster or slander the guy. That's just the, the extent of my knowledge about him. So, Um, but, uh, use your own knowledge. One thing, my friend who I watched the movie with, he looked into the true story a lot, and, uh, one thing is Tim Ballard, the real Tim Ballard, kind of talked about how he wanted to come home. He didn't want to do the sting operation, and it was his wife who encouraged him, uh, to go back out there, and part of the thing was they're, um, devout Mormons, and she said, I don't want you to risk my salvation. And so it was sort of her religious, um, you know, her religion that pushed him back. And, uh, that honestly is like a fascinating part of the character. You would never know that watching the movie because Mira Servino's barely in it. Um, but that that is something they avoid in the movie, something that could have actively made this a more interesting character study. They, they avoid to make him, you know, more of a, a Jesus Christ figure, more of a, a just an all around good man, a good hero, and that's all he is, uh, which makes it a more one dimensional film. So, um,. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this movie. Um, I don't really recommend it. I don't think it's that great of a movie. I think it's an interesting movie. I think there's a lot of interesting context around this. I would say try to avoid falling into the rhetoric, uh, you know, around this. If you want to have a stance on it, just see the movie. Uh, you can redeem one of those free tickets, right? There's a bunch of those to redeem. Uh, oh, I do want to talk about. There's sort of, you know, there's conspiracy theories surrounding. Like, AMC theaters not turning on the AC during showings of this movie. Um, And that, that kind of also feeds into the whole culture war idea of, like, oh, this is the movie they don't want you to see. Um... Look, I'm all for conspiracy theories. That's just kind of silly. AMC Theatres historically has done a very bad job (laughs) with movies. Um, uh, My AC was out when I saw Spider-Man this summer. Like, I don't know. And Spider-Man did not reveal, to my knowledge, any secrets about human trafficking. Uh, You know. Um, So, um, it sounds like I'm making light of this. I'm not making light of the situation. I want to make that clear. Uh, Human trafficking is a very real subject. Um, I do think that a movie that possibly was made in earnest to tell this true story um, is being very cynically marketed as a piece of activism. And and you can see that also in the, the same conspiracy theorists coming out of the movie and making TikToks about it. Um, the it's always been a little uncanny and weird to me like people like in real high spirits saying like oh go see sound of freedom this 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 is gonna trigger some people and it's like i don't know when i saw schindler's list or come and see that's not the mood i was in after i saw it which to me does tell me this movie works better as a piece of information about a a semi-true account of something that really happened more than it does as an actual emotional piece of filmmaking. Now, that might not be true for you. Some people might cry. I've known people who cried. The movie got a huge applause in the theater when I saw it. It got multiple audible amens at lines in the film. Um, and it was a diverse crowd. This was not rednecks, right, entirely. It wasn't just all one type of person. There was, um, a huge age range, different colors of people. Uh, so, you can't 100% just throw this on, you know, one group, really. It's why it's kind of a phenomenon. So, um, yeah, that's all I'll have to say about the movie. If you're interested, go see it. If not, don't. Um, but that's my take on it that is as much information as I really have. Oh, one interesting thing I also learned from my friend, uh, the real Pablo, uh, character was actually Glenn Beck in real life, apparently. So, um, he he made a point to me. He said, it's, what's fascinating is sometimes, uh, you know, what we might consider to be like right-wing or like, uh, super religious loons. Uh, sometimes as a result of that, they do do good things. And, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they do. I'm not here to... Look, this is not a political podcast. I'm not here to sway you <laughs> one way or the other. Um, I'm just here to tell you I think the movie's kind of bad. And I think that the culture war around it is part partially manufactured by the lead actor. Um, and uh, mostly, mostly him and what he's decided to say about the movie. And then obviously by what studio has chosen to release it. So, um... That's all I have for you here. Um, I'll be back uh, next week with a totally normal episode with a guest. I think I went really long. This is really embarrassing that I've talked alone for this long. But um, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. And um, I have linked information to Tim Ballard's Real Nonprofit in the description of this if you really want to help his cause. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm not promoting him. I don't know everything about the controversy surrounding him. But uh, if you want to actually read up on the Real uh, nonprofit uh, that is there for you. If you're looking for better movies about the subject, you were never really here with Walking Phoenix is a film about human trafficking um, by Lynn Ramsey, which is a really good film. Um, and also, if you want to see something that's kind of out there, but really does tackle hard, like the Jeffrey Epstein Um, stuff. The stuff that this movie doesn't really concern. I've sung the praises before of The Scary of 61st by Dasha Nekrasova. Definitely not a movie for everybody, but, and definitely not like, you know, an information heavy movie, but does capitalize and sort of exploit that topic in an interesting way and, uh, in a way that, like, I don't know, just like a movie that I'd rather... That I would rather see and would be, you know, first to recommend to somebody. But if you're interested in the story, just read up on it. You don't need to see a subpar movie for it. But um, I'm not here to speak for everybody. Maybe you were very moved by the film. If so, more power to you. Glad you liked it. That's all I have for today. I've gone way too long. Take care.